welcome to the Photography Q&A podcast. Hey, how's it going? I'm Andy Jones and this is episode 43 of the Photography Q&A podcast. This week, rather than do a single question, I'm going to do 10 things that a photographer should avoid doing. So we'll get started with shooting with a dirty lens. I think that not cleaning your lenses after every shoot, well, you should be arrested. It's illegal. Photography police should come around and take your equipment off you. It takes no more than 30 seconds to clean your lens. That's front and rear glass. If you're leaving it on the camera, just do the front element. Can't take more than 5 to 10 seconds. Quick spray, a wipe, check it again, done. Now, I know sometimes when you get home, you just put your camera equipment away and that's it. But if you do it after every shoot, the next time you are looking out the back window and you see something, like I always do, you can grab your camera and you can be confident that your lens is clean. Dirty lenses can really screw up a good photo shoot. You do a, a portrait session and every picture has a smudge. It's just not good. It, it, like it, The lens can't focus properly if there's grease on the lens. So give them a good clean. Next, we've got shooting with a dirty camera sensor. You need to learn how to clean your image sensor. It's not hard. You can get little cleaning kits. They have swabs that you spray with an alcohol-based liquid. I think it's alcohol anyway. And you just wipe it across the face of the sensor. You'll know when your sensor is dirty when all your photos are coming out with the dots on them. Straight away, you'll see these dots on lighter areas of your image. Yes, you can take them out with Photoshop, but it's far better to have a clean sensor and you don't have to do any of this work in, in uh, Photoshop. Imagine going to shoot a wedding. You come back, you've taken 1,000 to 1,500 images. Some people take more. And every image that you took has two or three dots on it. If you shoot 10 or 20 images, it's not too bad. You can remove them. But if you're going to do like for a wedding with that many pictures, it can absolutely add hours to your work. And you don't want that. So clean your sensor. Now, a lot of you will be saying to yourselves, but my camera has a self-cleaning setting. Yeah, mine does too, but you still get dirt on your sensor and that cleaning that it does does not remove everything that's on it. So if you're getting dirty spots, clean your sensor. Next, we've got not communicating with your customer. Now, this is a it's bigger than you would think. You need to ask questions to know what your customer wants. Even if you're not a professional and you're just doing it as a hobby, Still ask people what they want. Don't disappoint them. Some people are scared to tell you what they want. They just hope that you give them what they want. So ask. For instance, you might be shooting a, a family session, but the parents want a few shots of themselves, just as a couple, just for them. They don't want the kids in the pictures. Ask them. Ask, just say, what do you want? And get the information out of them. If you don't do it, they're going to be disappointed, even though they did. it was their fault they didn't tell you. Just ask a question. If you want the family to wear a certain type of dress like if you want them all in jeans and white shirts tell them what you want if they say no fair enough but you can at least try to communicate so that's a big thing the next one is dressing too casual for a paid shoot now many years ago i was guest at a wedding and the official photographer was wearing jeans and a t-shirt and it wasn't just a clean white t-shirt or a black t-shirt. It was one with a rock band on the front. Now, his work was very good. 
and this is back in the film days, uh, his work was excellent, but the image didn't go well with the parents that paid for him. I don't know what they paid at the time, but I'm sure it was, you know, it's up there, it always is. Jeans and T-shirt really didn't cut it. Another one at a very close friend's wedding. I was in the wedding party, turned up wearing a tux. He was wearing a tuxedo. I have no idea how he managed to work that day. It was a warm day. He was in England, so it's not like sweltering hot like in North America or Australia or New Zealand. But the tuxedo was, it just looked so uncomfortable. And he could, every time he lifted his arms, the jacket came up, the shoulders were up around his ears. It, it was ridiculous. He went too far. So what I'm saying is like match your clothing to the event. Jeans and a T-shirt might be great for some family sessions where it's laid back and casual, but it's not good for a wedding. You know, at least wear pants, nice shirt, maybe a tie. Be comfortable, but, you know, dress for the event. So now we've got over-promising. Now, I've been guilty of this a few times over the years. I over-promise how fast the images are going to come back after a wedding. It's way better to deliver early than promise. So give yourself a... 30% buffer. Instead of two weeks, tell them three and deliver in two and a half. There's another one that you can overpromise with, and that is telling them that they can get a product, whether it's a, an album of a certain size, a lay flat book, a certain frame. Check with your suppliers, your uh, print shops. Check with them on a regular basis that everything that you need is going to be in stock. So, you sell certain things, just give them a call. Send an email to the manager. Get in touch with someone and ask, are all these things in stock and easily available? Because when you promise to get them a certain type of album and all of a sudden you put your order in and you get told, oh, it's not available anymore. It's a little late. You've already sold it. So check on what you sell. If you sell products, check and make sure on a regular basis. All right, we're finished with over-promising. Now the next one is not carrying everything that you need. Again, this is something I've learned the hard way. Think about what you're going to be shooting and what could happen. Don't find yourself wishing you had a longer lens or you had a flash with you. Many a time, I'll go out with just a 50mm lens, just down in the local village, taking pictures. It's on Lake Ontario, so we take some pictures down there. And I'll see something that needs a different focal length. And I guarantee every time it drives me mad, but I still do it. Carry a backpack and just put it on your shoulder with a couple of other lenses. It's a little heavier, yes, but, you know, you could get some really nice shots if you had it with you. If you shoot in a portrait session using flash, make sure you've got double the amount of batteries that you need. I've done a few shots where they extended the session, like we are having a good time and we didn't get all the pictures in, and they say, well, we'll pay you for another hour. I was fine because I carried, well, I carried... <laughs> I go to Costco and I buy batteries in bulk and I always have a huge pack of batteries in. So you never know when you need them. Same goes for memory cards. Stock up and take a load with you. Don't just take the two that you think one could go corrupt and you won't have enough room on one. You, you don't know. Just take extras. So next we've got not securing your kit when traveling. When you're packing your lenses and your camera bodies and your, your triggers and your flashes and everything you're taking with you, Make sure it's secure and it can't move around in your bag or your case. Just make sure they're in place. If your lenses are loosely packed, you're going to risk damaging them. 
and it doesn't take much to break them. You can, it's so simple. Uh, just something taps against the front lens of a, a heavy lens and it's going to put a crack in it. So be very careful. Make sure they always fit snugly. And I have uh, some little sheet, you can buy sheet foam at some, uh, like these places that sell material and stuff for people that make their own clothes. They sell foam and you can get some thin stuff. So I bought a, a sheet of this stuff and cut it to size. And when I put my lenses in my case, because they're not that snug, I wrap them in foam and it just stops them moving. So think about that with your, uh, with your equipment. It's so expensive to buy, look after it. Now here's a funny one. Not carrying a first aid kit. Now any workplace you have to have a first aid kit and you, as a photographer you should carry one. Not just in your car, in your bag. You don't have to be a big one. Just basic band-aids, that sort of stuff. And I have suffered from this one also. This one night I was setting up some light stands and one of the light stands had a bit of jagged plastic on it and I split the end of my finger open. And I had to spend the next hour shooting during the session with a lens cloth wrapped around my finger. And I remember it clearly, it was grey. By the end of the shoot, it's just red. And my finger wouldn't stop bleeding. It was a good old cut. It actually helped because it was my middle finger on my left hand. And while I'm holding the lens, my finger's sticking out. And the couple, every time they looked at me, they got into it uncontrollable giggles because I was... Well, I was giving them the finger and I was insulting them every time I was taking a picture. So that worked okay for me, but it was a messy, messy day. I had blood on everything. It was terrible. If I'd have had a small first aid kit, I could have just fixed it straight away and moved on. It would have been fine. And I wouldn't have insulted my uh, customers either. So yeah, first aid kit, buy one. They're very cheap. Walmart sells them. Just get one. Next one. Don't use a new piece of equipment for the first time on a shoot. If you are charging money, even if you're not charging money, you want the shoot to go well, don't introduce a new piece of equipment that you've not used until you know how to use it. A lens is okay. Don't worry about that. There's no problems with it. But what I'm talking about is like a flash you've not used, tripods, flash triggers, that kind of thing, especially a new camera body. Make sure you know how to use it. It's really hard to look cool with a new camera when you're fiddling around and you don't know how to use it. Next. Oh, this is the last one, by the way. This is number 10. Only shooting in manual mode. Now, I know everyone tells you you've got to shoot in manual mode, me included. You really do need to know how to. There's going to be times when you're fishing around in manual mode and you need to not do that. So... You're going to take that stress away by shooting in aperture priority mode. It's the easiest thing to shoot in. You set the aperture, the camera sets the shutter speed, and if the shutter speed's not fast enough, you turn your ISO up. Do that a lot. Practice with it. It's got to be a go-to. There's going to be times when you're doing a shoot, the light's changing, kids are running around, you're trying to capture them, and they, your settings are just drifting off a little bit. Don't stress out about it. Just put it in aperture priority mode. The results are going to be the same. There's not going to be any, you're not going to see any difference. It's going to be a lot more laid back. So let's recap them. Number one, don't shoot with a dirty lens. These are things you shouldn't do. Don't shoot with a dirty lens. It can, ugh, can it really annoys the heck out of me when I look at someone's camera and you, it looks like someone's wiped their nose on it. It's not good. Don't shoot with a dirty sensor. Make sure your sensor is clean. Buy yourself a cleaning kit and learn how to use it. It's really easy. It doesn't take long. Not communicating with your customer. This is something you need to improve on if you don't 
do good communication. Just ask questions. It's very simple. Find out what they want. Tell them what you want. Make sure both sides know. There's no surprises and everyone's going to be happy. Dressing too casual for a paid shoot is number four. Dress for the event, not for yourself. Number five, over-promising. Over-promising with timelines, products, results, whatever. Don't over-promise. Give yourself lots of leeway. Number six, not carrying everything you need. You spent all this money on equipment to do the job correctly and you leave half of it at home and you come up short on a shoot, it's your own fault. Number seven, not securing your equipment. Now, if you damage, like it's so simple to damage, like you just trip and you just, your bag just hits a fence or bag hits a tree. If it's not packed snugly, they can bang together and yeah, you'll get a lot of damage. Be careful. Number eight, first aid kit. Sounds silly, but do it. They're very cheap, 15 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever, and you can save yourself a lot of hassle. Number nine, don't use a piece of equipment for the first time on a shoot, whether it's a paid shoot or you're just doing it as a hobby. It can ruin the day. Make sure you know how to use it before you uh, get out there. Number 10, don't only shoot in manual mode. Use aperture priority mode when it starts getting a bit, bit stressful. Okay, so that's it for this week. If you want to ask questions, you can go on the Facebook group. If you want to see my daily photos, because I'm taking a picture a day for 2022, 365 of them. Today I took number, what was that, 52 or 51? I think it was 51. Yeah, if you want to see those, they're on Instagram. There's a link in the show notes together with the link for Facebook. And I hope this was a, a little bit helpful for you. So yeah, I'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.